The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Why do some people have near-death experiences? What do NDEs mean, and what are we supposed to do about them? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. One of the questions we hear from near-death experiencers who call us at IANS is, why did this happen to me? The answers, of course, can be quite different for each individual, and sometimes it takes years for the answer to become apparent. Sometimes it evolves into a change of values, a new career, or change in relationships. Sometimes there are residual gifts, such as a deeper love for humanity and the earth, uh, sometimes a spiritual calling, sometimes a clairvoyance that gives a deeper understanding of the nature of reality itself. Our guest today was our guest last Monday on NDE Radio, and if you're listening to this show as an archive, you should first listen to last week's show as an introduction. Our guest, Leonard Rogers, drives a cab in Plano, Texas, and we, we first learned of Leonard in an interview with Amy Stringer when he gave us an account of his NDE in the 2011 summer issue of Vital Signs, the quarterly newsletter Rhonda Bailey and I produce for IANS. On last week's show, Leonard discussed in detail a remarkable NDE he had at the age of three in which he saw a preview of the life he is now living. This week, I hope to explore some thoughts on how such a thing could happen, and what it says about time and the nature of our life on Earth. Leonard, welcome back to NDE Radio. Thank you for having me back, Lee. Uh, it's good good to hear your voice. Why don't you uh, begin by giving us like a brief review of what we discussed last week? Well, um, I guess I can start at the, at the uh, end of the healing. Um, I was pretty much, you know, trying to cope with everything and, going on about my life now from time to time as over the past few years well over the past years I would uh have an old girlfriend uh pop up in my head mm-hmm. and uh oh, you know let me let me go back just a second Leonard uh the healing was an aneurysm that they had detected right yeah. I don't know if we got uh did we get into the detail of that I yes, don't think we uh we we got up into there and then, uh, <laughs> it ended pretty quickly after that <laughs> The the fact that um, the doctors uh, first discovered an aneurysm were about to do some surgery and then they couldn't find any trace of it. Yes, that's that's correct. Um, I was uh, having some headaches and uh, and I eventually went to the hospital and, and was diagnosed with uh, an aneurysm and they were preparing to give me um, emergency surgery and um, mm-hmm. at the time I was. Uh, going through some things with my mother as far as all of this and I was had some questions as far as well she had some questions as far as you know the reality to all of this and I was hoping that the the aneurysm could go away as a bit of proof for her. and uh as it as it happened that did and um she she's I don't know if she believes it or not still but the aneurysm did go away so um you know and, and I've been trying to deal with everything as a result afterwards. Right. So then after that, um, 
Um, well, you continue from where you wanted to uh, when we first started. <laughs> okay. Well, after the aneurysm, um, you know, I, w- I had been from time to time over the years, I would have an old girlfriend um, uh-huh. pop in my mind. And I we were together in high school, and I had to move away, of course, and I was I received one phone call from her, and um, the, on that phone call, she told me that she thought she might have been pregnant, and I never heard from her again. So um, over the years, from time to time, I would think about her, and you know, I, I within a couple of days, I would try to look up on the internet and see if I could at least hear from her, see how things are going, how life had treated her, and mm-hmm. that happened over and over, you know, for, over the course of of years. So I'm doing this one day after the, uh, not long after the aneurysm, you know, I had this happen to me again, so I'm trying to look for her. And, of course, I don't I don't find her, but I just happened to notice a young man with her last name at the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just, I said, well, maybe he's some kin to her. So I took a chance and I contacted the young man. And I said, I, I think I might know your mother. And I gave him a little background on her. And to my surprise, he confirmed that, yes, this was indeed his mother. At which time, he he then told me that she had also been dead since he was 10. Mm. Now, I was taken aback, you know, from hearing that because, um, you know, after all these years, I was like wondering, why would I be thinking about her all these years? So I asked him if he could send me some pictures of her at least, so... He sent me some pictures of her and 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 the family. And as I'm looking at one of the pictures that he sent me with him on it, I noticed that it looked rather familiar. So as I'm reshaping it and resizing it to get a good look at his features, I realized that he had just sent me the same exact picture that I talked about in the previous show that was paused on when I was three years old. Right when you were having that pre- preview of your life, you saw yes, you saw his face. Yes, I, I was I was going through the preview, and at one point in time, it stopped on one particular picture, and mm-hmm. I realized when I was looking at that picture. Now I'm three. I was I realized when I was looking at that picture that I was looking at a picture of my son. Now mm-hmm. the feeling that I had when I looked at that picture, I now realized was the exact emotion that I felt the day that I saw that picture on the Internet. So it was like I was feeling the emotions of this of the day that I saw, I mean, of the day that he actually saw me the picture. Yes. So it's at this point now, Lee, I realize that this is my son. And, and that was, you know, just you can't prepare yourself to, to find a son you never knew you had. I mean, how do you prepare for that, Lee? So, um, yes, I've I've met him since this, this is all unfolded. I've met him, and you know we get along as if we've known each other all of these years. And um, we talk about it, and he he um, he's a nice young man. Of course, you know he has his issues as any other young man of his age. But for the most part, I'm proud of the way he was able to um, come up, and without either one of his parents being there. So. You know, with that being said, uh, we're just growing and trying to get to know each other better. But uh, all of this is really um, shown to be a incredible life so far, and I just wonder what's to come, Lee.
Well, I'm wondering, have you told um, have you told your son this story? Yes, I have. And what did he think? <laughs> well, I was skeptical at first, but I didn't want to hold anything back. I wasn't gonna, you know, sugarcoat anything or or say anything other than what was the truth. And that's exactly what I I presented to him, and mm-hmm. he accepted it as the truth. And told me some things about himself that, uh, you know, made me realize why he would re- believe something like that. So, um, it was, it, it went, it went by kind of easily, kind of good. That's good. Does he have, uh, an understanding of NDEs from what you've told him? Well, he's, he's trying to understand them now. I don't know if he, he realized or understood, you know, that much about them at the time. But we've dialogued and, you know, get to know each other. And, and him learning about NDEs is him getting to know his father, really. So, yes, I, yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's learning about it as we speak. And Now, I'm, I'm, one of the neat things that uh, you told about when you were describing your, uh, your near-death experience when you were three years old and hit by that car was the woman that called to you. Do you did you recognize her? Do you see um, uh, any indication of who she might be, or could she even be the the woman who later died? Uh, you know, the mother of the of the ten, uh, of the child when he was ten. I, I I don't know, Lee, Lee, but I will tell you this: I was as comfortable going to her or communicating with her as I would have been with my own mother. So it's like it wasn't even a thought of who she was at the time, because um, I, I just felt comfortable with her. Um, no, I, I wonder about that to this day, to be honest with you. Whether that was a deceased relative or friend or well, perhaps I've another asked, kind I've of asked, spirit. Yeah, I've asked um, if we had any deceased relatives uh, that that could have possibly been, and I can't confirm anybody that could, that it could have been. Um, so that's one of the questions that I have with me. I take daily, so I can't answer answer that one for you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know who that one was, but I, I know I was comfortable with her. I know I was comfortable with her. Wow. Um. This uh, you, your experience raises so many questions about the nature of time, because there you were. You were three years old. You had a preview of your of major events in your life that hadn't even happened yet. The, the the title of the article in our Vital Signs magazine was The Three-Year-Old Father because there you were three years old and yet recognizing uh, a picture or a vision of your own son-to-be. Have you have you given some thought as to what uh, how time works when you think every, about your experience? <laughs> every day, <laughs> Lee, every day of my life. And that's why, you know, um, uh, this is an ongoing process for me, you know, to learn. You know, I, I use other people's NDEs and their experiences to learn, just like mm-hmm. I would, you know, when I was in the, into church, I would, you know, resort to the Bible to learn. Well, to me, Lee, these are my new com- confirmation or Bibles, if you would. These are my... How I gain understanding is from the experiences of other people. I have to give them credibility because it happened to me. So you know, mm-hmm. if I can learn a bit, learn some something in life 
from what somebody else has went through, then of course I'm gonna implement it in my life, and that's what I do now. With that's why I I go to meetings to interact with other people who have had any ease to see if there mm-hmm. are similarities between my experience and theirs. Um, I don't know if you know Jan Holden, but she was one of the first people that, that I got in contact with as far as NDE and and going to meetings and yes, basically facilitated all of this. Well, she's a she's a good person to be in touch with. That's for yeah, sure. Jan, Jan, she is good people. <laughs> um, so, what do you think? Now you know these are these are philosophical questions that that philosophers have discussed forever. But the question of free will—if you—if you know your whole life is li- has been laid out there before you even live it, does that? Do you think that takes anything away from your free will decisions as to what you want to do and where you want to go and who you're going to be? Um, I don't know. I've been, you know, pondering these questions, and I have a couple of hypotheses or, or, or guesses. And uh, I mean, this is just something I'm trying to come up with. I, I believe that maybe. We all have caught a glimpse of our life. Um, I don't think I'm anything special or anyone special. I believe that, I mean, to make sense of it all, I mean, maybe this is all some type of school that we go to. And upon graduating, we, we basically, that's what we call death. Or that when we leave, you know, that's basically just, this is not the reality that, it's like that reality supersedes this one. So, with that being said, it's like, yes, free will does come into play if, okay, say, for instance, you mapped out your life, and at the end of your life, okay, there's a set place that you're supposed to be. Well, free will dictates which roads you lead to that to that end des- destination. That's the way you know, I'm looking at it, you know, just something I've come up with. I don't know if that's fact or not, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sense of it all myself, so... Maybe that's a that's a scenario. Um, right. I don't know. Well, you're, that's why you're <laughs> you're not the first person who's tried to figure this one out, Leonard. It's, <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, Saint Paul said we're we're already seated in the heavenlies. In other words, it's almost as if we're sitting up there in heaven already, looking down at at our physical bodies like they're some kind of uh, avatar in a game, and and exactly. we're playing out our life. Exactly. Playing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Playing out our lives. Because I remember um, looking at my body, Lee, it was like I had no concern about it at all. You know, I was more concerned about the feelings and the emotions of the people that were surrounding the accident. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like their emotions were just, um, if you imagine somebody uh, running their hand across a chalkboard, well, that's what their emotions felt like to me, you know, and uh, it was disturbing at which time I, I believe, you know, there was a reason that I didn't want to see it anymore. Well, that was probably because they were horrified at your accident. Yeah, but it was like having, to me, I told you on the last show, it was, to me, it was like having them cry over the car. It made no sense to me. Why would you be crying over the car? You know, mm. but to them, of course, you know, they're crying over me. But to, from my perspective, it was ridiculous, almost, you know. Right. Now, what kind of... Um what kind of gifts have have you gotten out of this experience? Do you feel like you've got got um, special abilities that you didn't have, or you might not have had without the, going through all this? Well, um, 
I wouldn't say anything. Just, I mean, other than some strong days I lose every now and then. Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm more empathetic um, of not only, you know, my loved ones, but other people around the world that I ha have no blood relation to or affiliation with at all. But when I see, like, a homeless person on the street now, I don't, I don't see just a homeless person. I see somebody who's going through these struggles of whatever school, whatever type of school this is, and they're having a hard time. You know, that's why, uh, without a doubt, every time I see one, they, they can get whatever I have at the moment because, you know, I look at it like, well, I might not be able to help you through your daily course of life, but I can make sure that you eat right now, you know. And right. it's, it's just changed me. It's made me a better person, I will tell you that. In other words, their school is also a part of your school. I'm, I believe all of us, are, I mean, if if this is not it and there's something after this, well, and that something supersedes this, well, then mm -hmm. what's the purpose of all of this that we're living in? You know, and uh, uh, that's what I'm, I come up with is some type of school of some kind. I mean, I don't know if that's uh, the truth. Like I said, that's just a guess of mine. But you, if you had to make sense of it some kind of way, and that's what I came up with. Mm. Now, you said when you... Um when you were three and you had this accident that you could see halos around people? Yeah. Do you still have that from time to time? No. Um, no, I, I can't say that I I see halos around people, but at the time, oh, yeah, I could see it was a bluish-green type of color, and um, but I can't see it, you know, in this reality, no. Mm-hmm. But I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with emotions. I can pretty much sense when somebody's having a bad day, even if they're hiding it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, I'm pretty pretty good on reading emotions, though. Now, you're encountering people all the time in your job as a cab driver. Um, do, you, do you ever get into conversations like this with them? Well, no. I mean, I wouldn't say never, but there are times when I feel like the person may need to hear it. Um, because as a cab driver, you can imagine I hear a lot, you know, and I hear a lot of details of people's lives, and I can tell when, like I said, I can read emotions. So if all of that, and and for one, I look at it like this, you know, what's the what would be the purpose of them getting to, into my cab? You know, the one person, exactly. that, you know, that might have the ability to g give them something, <clears throat> excuse me, that they, you know, that they can take with them and make them feel a little bit better. So, mm -hmm. you know, I just look at it like I'm being used as a vessel to help others. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't say this to everybody, but if I feel it, of course, I won't hide it. You know, I'll let them know exactly what I believe is the truth and um, hope it helps them. And, of course, I've had <laughs> I've had some reactions that were, I could tell that like, their lives were changed forever. So I would look at it like I'm being used as a vessel. I don't know how long I'll be a cab driver, but for now, that's the... Uh, the route that's being taken. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a chaplain at a hospital, and in a lot of ways we have similar jobs. I never know the person I'm, whose room I'm going into until I'm in there and what's on their mind until I start talking to them. And and uh, I know I've had cab rides where a cab driver's given me enormously good advice. <laughs> so <laughs> I can appreciate your situation. <laughs> yep. Yep, you meet all kinds. <laughs> I would say that, Lee, you meet all kinds. 
But I've met a lot That's... of good people, a lot of good people. Let me uh, give that number out once again. If anyone wants to call in, we have still have a few minutes left. Uh, you can call 888-463-6748 if you'd like to join our conversation with Leonard. Uh, Leonard, what um, uh, did you feel that your um, interest in religion uh, was influenced by your NDE? Well... Uh... Uh, that's a, that's one thing that you know I, I wonder about because I had questions about some you know religion to be honest with you and you know and all of it and the truth and to all of it but the one thing I can say without a doubt is that I believe the person I spoke with was Jesus because a nine year old girl when she was four she's been painting since she was four she painted um, a portrait. Of, of Jesus, and that's the person. I mean, the portrait was an exact replica of the person. I'm, I'm talking about down to every hair strand, Lee, of the person uh-huh. I talked to. So, I would have to say that if nothing else, I believe Jesus is real. And um, you know, I just I'm trying to like get an understanding of all of it. You know, um, so now I. I think this Good. may be the same the same portrait that I've heard about from other places. But do you do you recall where you saw the that uh, picture, or could you uh, tell the listeners the where was, you saw it, it? It was on the internet. It was uh, on YouTube. Her name is Anna. I do not believe uh, I do not know her last, and I do know her last name. Her first name was Anna, and that's uh, that's about it. Okay, so you haven't you haven't been back to look at it again then. I have heard a similar story from a, from another NDEer who saw a picture. I'm wondering if it's the same picture, but I guess we can't confirm that right now. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Anyway, um, I'm wondering, oh, uh, tell me a little bit about what it felt like when you, when, uh, you, got, when you had your interview with uh, Amy Stringer. Um, and this is purely the question of an editor <laughs> about an interviewer. Um, was it? Uh, did she bring out things that you'd forgotten about, or um, how did that go? Uh, um, well, it was pretty much conducted. Uh, I think she did a, a great job. Uh, she she uh, was a good interviewer. I mean, uh, she. I pretty much. Uh, Told her all of the details that I told you about, and mm-hmm. she edited, edited, and I was I was pleased with the with the uh, with the finished product. So I don't have anything other to say than that she did a great job, Lee. <laughs> she did <laughs> how did you conne- How did you connect with her? Had you did uh, was, did you contact Ions and then they contacted that her? Uh, that was actually through Jan Holden. She. Oh. Good. Yes, it was through Jan Holden. Um, I had been going to a few meetings for, with her, I'd say, for about the, the past few months. And uh, we got to know each other pretty good. And, and she used, uh, she then got me in contact with Amy. And mm-hmm. from there, from there, it was just, it was just a snowball effect, I guess. And uh, the other question I wanted to ask you, uh, Leonard, was, are there any local IONS groups in your general area down down there in Plano? Well, um, 
only one that I know of is is the one that Jan um, is running, but I'm sure that there may be others that, because I haven't been to a meeting with Jan in, in at least, uh, I'd say at least a year, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a, little, a little less. So I wouldn't know, but um, I will be finding that out because I want to be able to, if they need me to talk, you know, at one of those meetings to be, make myself available. So that's something, one of the things I will be uh, finding out here shortly. That's great. One of the great things about the local groups is the fact that people do get to share their NDEs, or if they haven't had an NDE, to learn about them. Uh, because, as you say, they are almost like, um, well, they are equivalent to a religious experience, a mystical experience, that uh, people can learn a lot about the nature of reality and the world beyond this world uh, just by studying NDEs and a similar mystical experience. Yeah, well, Leonard, I think we've I think we've just about used up another another half hour. <laughs> it goes so quickly, go- especially when you have difficulties. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that that's uh, yeah, that's a part of the problem when you're we're uh, for the listeners that don't know, we're all talking. You're talking from Texas. I'm talking from Maine. We're going through Chicago at Talk Zone, and so um, many many glitches can can happen anywhere along the line but i certainly appreciate your being with us leonard one more time and and uh giving us some some more of the philosophy of your near-death experience uh than we had time for in the first show uh so leonard uh have a merry christmas you too lee and uh i look forward to uh meeting you in person one of these days maybe we can get together at one of the ions conferences i think the next one is going to yeah. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, so once again, I want to thank Leonard Rogers for being our guest um, for last week and today on NDE Radio. And um, for those listeners who uh, know about how the shows are archived, if you'd like to listen to this program again, it will be uh, it will be archived along with our other shows at nderadio.org. And for those who want to learn more about near-death experiences and uh, related mystical experience and to learn more about IONS generally, uh, I would suggest that you go to our website for the International Association for Near-Death Studies. That's at iands.org. We wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy 2014, and we'll be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern for more NDE Radio. Thanks for listening.